Welcome everyone to the Learn Fresh podcast. My name is Nick Monzi, CEO and co-founder of Learn Fresh, and I'm joined by Calvin Seibert, our chief academic officer, my co-host, and affectionately and appropriately nicknamed the game changer of education. Changing the game. On this podcast, we're going to talk about the intersection between education and community. How does the broader community provide value to the education sector, our schools, and out-of-school time programs? And what can education do to prepare students for the broader world? We'll spend this first season of the Learn Fresh podcast diving into the fundamental issues that are at the center of our work, focusing on equity, access, and innovation in education, as well as the process of building a nonprofit and working through the COVID-19 pandemic. We want to provide you with an inside look at how the organization is built and how the Learn Fresh community has grown. We'll speak with educators, athletes, researchers, and others making a difference for students. Today, we're gonna to share our personal stories so you can learn more about how we've come to this work and how our backgrounds and histories have prepared us to make change through education. In this first episode and throughout much of the first season, our conversation will be centered around our primary program, NBA Math Hoops. Math Hoops engages students with fundamental math and social emotional learning through a physical and digital game, integrated curriculum, and community program structure. The NBA Math Hoops game simulates the real game of basketball. Students complete core math operations and analyze the authentic statistics of NBA and WNBA players. The program is implemented across school day classrooms, out of school programs, and in students' homes. We partner with community organizations such as districts, boys and girls clubs, and state after-school networks to deliver programming at no cost. We train educators to implement the board game and curriculum with students over the course of a season. Students participate in community-based events and experiences, including the NBA Math Hoops National Championship. So my original, excuse me, hometown is Romulus, Michigan, which is a uh, pretty much about 20 minutes or so uh, from Detroit. That's my hometown and, and my buddies um, from Romulus, we all love Detroit and we all said we were, one day we were gonna be NBA players or rappers and that was our dream and, and our, you know, that was our passion at, back then. Fast forwarding it uh, to now, I was a 20 year school teacher in the Detroit area. I taught grades K through eight and uh, I love doing that. Being a school teacher was was a space that I really didn't know I would be great in, um, but you know I I'm one of those guys that wants to take the last shot, so I gave it a shot, and uh, and it worked out. My 20 years of teaching, I, I learned so much from students and schools, administrators, and the communities. That um, one one year, my last year, uh, I was invited to go to an NBA math hoops training. And uh, when I went to this NBA math hoops training, uh, Nick was there, <laughs> and uh, of course he was training our training our group of educators from Detroit. And it was this program that I I was just blown away with. Like, wow, this is a math and NBA program that that seems like it works. Next thing you know, uh, our our students were doing amazing work with the with the NBA math hoops program. Uh, we were winning field trips to the Pistons games. Um, we were earning field trips uh, with legend players like Earl Curitan to the Henry Ford Museum and things like that. So that's the moment that I started to realize like, wow, this this program is amazing. 
and um, the ultimate goal was to make it to the national championship. This was the first year where uh, Learn Fresh hosted the NBA Math Hoops national championship, and uh, they picked uh, 18 students, and uh, one of my students uh, was selected, and it was an amazing experience. It was his first time flying on a plane. Uh, ironically, same as mine, my first time flying on a plane was uh, was when I was in seventh grade, and I flew to California as well. Uh, but uh, the the experience was amazing. Um, my student ended up making it to the the final game with his partner from Flint, and uh, they ended up coming in second place. But the experience was amazing. Uh, he still talks about it to this day. He's an eleventh grader. Uh, he goes to Cas Tech in Detroit. You know, so um, I remember bringing it back to my classroom and uh, turning my classroom into an NBA locker room. Now I felt like this was my moment. Like, this is kind of like making it to the NBA here with my students. So I'm kind of pulling my students into the NBA. Like, this is a draft moment right here. I would have to just say that uh, my, my whole upbringing from my parents, my mother, my father, my grandparents, um, my aunts and uncles, we got a lot of educators in our family. So uh, education was a, was a space that I was destined to find. <laughs> and uh, to be able to put sports and, and the NBA uh, along with it, put that, you know, to combine those two there uh, really made it a, a really special, a special place. And uh, of course, after my student did very well at the tournament, uh, Learn Fresh reached out and, and uh, offered me a position. And uh, here we are. <laughs> and I remember too. So that first training at Detroit, you tell the story to other people. When <laughs> and when the tour, when the training was over, you came up to me and you were like, "I'm going to make it to the national championship." And it was so funny. You you don't think I took you seriously, <laughs> dude? I was I was so serious, man. Like you you, you know you we, we all have our own personalities. Like I'm excited. Yeah. You know, you got certain people that are more laid back and whatnot. But I, I wanted to make sure that you knew who I was, and I wanted to shake your hand and tell you that I'll see you at the national championship. I've always been taught you got to speak things into existence, mm -hmm. and uh, and I actually did. <laughs> I was I was you not did. playing. I mean, I did I did the work. I didn't just I didn't just put the notebook down and said I'll see you at the championship. But you know, I I definitely had to put in the work, and my students were right on board. The, the family connection to education resonates with me as well. So I grew up in, you know, around Poughkeepsie, New York, about an hour and change north of New York City. You know, most of my family, when they came to America, they, they built their life around Brooklyn and then, you know, moved out to Long Island and my family eventually moved upstate in New York. But, you know, my, my mom was, uh, spent some time in education. My dad uh, has always worked in business throughout his life. And, the combination of those two things, you know, I often ask people when I meet them, like, what did your parents do? Because it often says so much about who you are as a person or helps to shape you in some way that's really tangible. So that's, that was definitely the case for me. Um, as a kid growing up, you know, I, I loved sports and I loved music. Uh, I started playing piano when I was three, four years old. I, you know, grew up in the high school band program and everything. And music always had a special place in my life, still does. Music education is really the first space in which I worked in education, and it's a space in which I still work today. Um, but sports also had a really impactful uh, influence on my life as a kid. You know, I grew up around New York when the Yankees were awesome in the 90s and early 2000s, 
And one of the things that I always carry with me is, you know, like Derek Jeter, Jorge Posada, Bernie Williams, Tino Martinez, Joe Torre. Like these guys were really great on the field, but all of them were really great off the fields too. And they, they set such a positive example for me as a young kid that definitely had an impact on me. I know that had an impact on me. And I, I learned from a young age the importance of sports and the importance that athletes can have in community when they really step forward and help to shape the way that you know society as a whole, but also students and young kids think. So with that background, you know, I went to Syracuse, got my undergrad degree there, focused on entrepreneurship and marketing. Also had an opportunity to work in the athletic communications department there for a number of years and really saw how the department and athletics as a whole could interface with the community. Also really built my passion for basketball there, you know, Syracuse basketball with Dave Bing and Jimmy B and uh, Carmelo Anthony and all those guys. And you, know, you can't help but love it. And I'll never forget the feeling of going to those games. When I left school, you know, all this had, had shaped me in different ways. I, I really realized that I didn't want to go into business in the in a quote unquote traditional sense, you know, finance or accounting. I wanted to work more in the education sector and work in a space where I could have an impact on society, spent some time with some arts and music education organizations, and eventually found myself at Harvard Ed School, where I went to get my master's and really kind of firm up my thinking around what education was for me and what it, what I could do in the sector. While I was there, met the folks who were putting in place the structure for Learn Fresh, the organization, and then came on and after I graduated to help start the organization and build out programming for math hoops, and here we are. Why did you choose education as your vehicle to help change the world? Well, I'll start with um, my senior year in high school. <laughs> um, I remember uh, watching a movie called Boys in the Hood. And in Boys in the Hood, uh, there was a guy named Furious Styles, Lawrence Fishburne. And he he was the father of one of the kids um, of one of the boys in the hood. <laughs> And uh, he was explaining to them how they need to have their own business and um, how a lot of times in black neighborhoods, the businesses are not owned by the black people that live there. So he was explaining that and uh, and it made so much sense to me, I, you know, because I was looking around in my neighborhood in Detroit and like, right, I don't I don't really see black people owning these um, stores, these gas stations, you know, these places. And so uh, when, I, when I went to college, Western Michigan University, I started off with that uh, mentality. <laughs> I was like, look, uh, we need to have Black-owned businesses, <laughs> you know? And they're like, why are you talking like that? Where did you get that from? I'm like, Boys in the Hood. You didn't see that movie? <laughs> and so... Um, it was almost like I was influenced by that movie in a good way to think, you know, how to build the community and have more black owned businesses. Um, and so I started taking classes, uh, business classes. Now, those were not my favorite classes, I have to say. <laughs> those were some really uh, challenging classes for me. And, um, and, and there was no passion really behind it. It was more like, this is the way you make money and uh, pretty much keep it in your community. And that, that wasn't enough for me. Remember, I come from uh, teachers. <laughs> right. My family 
they're, they're a little bit different. Um, so after taking a couple of those classes, I started realizing that this is not, this is not really what I want to do. This isn't it. And, um, I remember my counselor said, uh, why don't you, um, why don't you try substitute teaching? And, uh, I'll never forget. I was like, uh, substitute teaching. Are you serious? And she's like, yeah. She said, all you need is 65 credits. Give it a shot. Mm -hmm. 65 credits. You got a good GPA. Give it a shot. And literally that day I went in and subbed and it was like the light bulb went off in that moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> this is your space. <laughs> and so choosing education, um, brings me to my first uh, interview for a teaching job. Uh, the owner of the school asked me, why do you, why did you choose, you know, why do you want to be a teacher pretty much? And I said, with the most honest answer, <laughs> first, first job, <laughs> I said, uh, I want to change kids' lives. And I feel like that answer was, I feel like it was almost like when I said to you, I'm, I'll see you at the national championship. <laughs> like uh, that, that shift in the atmosphere happened. I felt like it was that moment. Like I want to change kids' lives. I think it's also important to call out. So you're you're talking about your parents and education. Your dad is an educator, right? You wanted to share a little bit about his background. Absolutely. So my father, um, my father was originally a musician, played trumpet, mm -hmm. French horn, and he could sing uh, background for the temptations, all that. He just mm -hmm. gave me a CD uh, about a month ago and said, this is some old stuff. Just keep it <laughs> in case something ever happens to me. <laughs> so um, that's the space that he came from um, music. And then um it switched over to uh, Ford Motor Company. And he ended up, because in Detroit, there's the big three, we call it, the big three, uh, Chrysler, GM, or Ford. It's almost like that. That's, that's usually a lot of the goals for a lot of people in, in this area. You know, if you can, after high school, college is usually not the popular thing. It's like, no, I'm trying to get into one of the big three so I can start making all this money, so I can get one of these cars, buy my house, and, you know, and live the way they yeah. want to live. <laughs> so my father, um, my father worked for Ford, but he worked in the office. So I saw my father, you know, every day wearing certain ties, and just, I would see him, and, and I, I remember always saying, I want to be just like you, Dad. I want to be just like you. And he's like, mm -hmm. you know, makes the father feel good, his son saying he wants to be like him. And then one day I asked the question, hey, Dad, what do you do at work? <laughs> and, and he said you really want to know i was like yes and so he says i sit at a computer at a desk and i analyze things and i said you know back then computers didn't we're talking about 1986 ish mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh computers were not really the thing so i instantly said that's boring dad I don't think I want to do what you what you're doing," <laughs> he said. "That's okay. You don't have to do what I'm doing." And uh, and so he ended up um, working for Ford over 20 years, 
And uh, one day, uh, someone asked him to uh, go to a ballroom class. So he went to this ballroom class, and he liked it. And at the end of the class, um, I think it was like a, a six-week class or something like that. At the end of the class, uh, the other students that were in the class said that he should think about teaching it. And so he ends up uh, giving it a shot. And that's how he retired from Ford. Mm. So I don't, I don't want to tell my father's pockets, but Ford wasn't paying enough of what his own business <laughs> could take care of, you know, of what he's got going on. And, and in one day, it was taking care of what Ford was taking care of in one week. So, mm. um, <laughs> so, so there was a transition. And so now uh, my father, for the last uh, 15 years, has been teaching a ballroom, uh, basic, advanced classes. He does cruises all over the United States. My dad is pretty much like a professional partier now. He he likes to rub that in. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, awesome. And lets me know uh how his own business works for him. <laughs> but uh, you know, that teaching aspect, you know, I, I went to the class and, and I watched my dad um and, and I was blown away because I the first time because I didn't I don't see my dad as that. Like my dad didn't dance, you know, around the house or anything like that. So to go to a class and watch my dad teach ballroom as passionate as the way I taught mm. in the classroom was like, wow. Oh, okay. I got it from, I got it from yep. my pops. You figured yeah, out where it came, it came from. Yeah. It came from pops. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so that's the that's story awesome. behind that. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that connection. And I love the story of your dad's background. And your, your dad and I got to chop it up a little bit because I played the French horn too. So we're, <laughs> we're coming from the same roots, I guess. Uh-oh. <laughs> I would say that I was most influenced as a young student by my music educators, my band director in high school, my first band director in high school. And uh, a, a private lesson teacher that I actually had for the French horn. It's interesting because the, the band director was such a positive influence on me and was really the first person that showed me directly, you know, in my immediate proximity as an educator that I could be whatever I wanted to be if I put in the time, put in the effort and was dedicated myself to, to my vision. And that was a really powerful experience for me. At the same time, I had a I had a, a instructor who, um, you know, so when I was in high school, I, I thought for a while that I wanted to go into music education or music performance, actually. And when I told him that, he was like, he, he was basically like, "Man, you got a lot of work to do," <laughs> and it made me it, it didn't discourage me, um, but his approach to the way that he taught me made me feel like I didn't have a shot. Um, and I actually, so I, I stopped taking lessons with this guy and the next year I came back from summer and was like drastically better. And I realized in that moment that I was like, man, if you do it, like if you make the choice, you will be able to do what you need to do. You will be able to accomplish what you want to be able to accomplish. Mm. And that was such a powerful moment for me because I had this like one mentor, this positive mentor and this one kind of dis mentor, negative mentor. 
And I saw in that moment, like the power of what education could do for someone or an educator could do for someone and, and how it could potentially harm a student. So I continue to work through music education and I spent some time performing in this space called Drum Corps International, where I still do some work as an educator today um, and really fell in love with just this, this idea of educating students through this vehicle that was outside of the classroom, right? It like allowed students to immerse themselves in learning in a way that was a lot more personal and a lot more passionate and a lot more connected to their their interest as opposed to just you know through a, a textbook like so much of my younger education was so that really set me on the course of like all right there's something in this space that's meant for me and uh, after teaching in the music education space for a while going back to grad school you know when i went when i back, went back to grad school i really thought that i wanted to um I thought that I wanted to go to be a music administrator and I, and I found this work uh, and immediately just read something from my childhood just like connected, right? Like I was thinking, I remember when I was eight years old, eight years old on the floor of my bedroom, like flipping through my baseball cards, looking at the stats on the back. And I was like, this is like literally how I spent my time as a kid. You know, I can totally see how kids can connect with this way of learning math, particularly through MBA Math Leaps, our flagship program, but generally this way of learning by pulling in brands and, and inspiring pieces of a student's life from outside of the classroom and, and embedding it into their daily work. I think one of the other things that I just have to call out, and this kind of connects with our, our next topic of conversation here. As I've gotten older, I've been able to travel more and I've been able to see different parts of the country, see different parts of the world. And you know, one of the things that I love is just building bridges between people. And I think there's no better way to do that than education because it's it's all about developing an understanding of someone else it's, or, or something else. It's all about taking in new information and learning what to do with it. And the power of that in so many different ways is is really rooted in what education is, right? The ability to connect people and connect uh, topics and connect conversations um, through this space. So my passion for the work has continued to grow and develop in different ways because of the way that I've been able to shape my perspective of the world. And along those lines, so like thinking about, you know, passions outside of the classroom, what are your passions outside of the work that we're doing? So to be honest, um, my mom uh, started me off really young with um, this just helping people. Like, I remember my mom like stopping at the red light and getting out of the car and helping somebody and just just doing these things that I feel like if more people did that in the world, the world would be better. But always kind of wondering how come how come only my family does this like I, I know my friends parents didn't do this type of stuff like like why Remember thinking that a lot of times like why do we always do that and instead of the why like I think about it now instead of the why like that, that's like kind of like saying why are, why are we special or or um why do we think different you know, because some people look at it as, oh, you're going to get the money 
you know, they're going to do something bad with it or something when it's not even about that. I, I, I remember saying that one time to my mom, like, how do you know they're not just going to, you know, do something wasted or something? And she's like, you know, it's not about me thinking about what that person is doing. It's about what if we switch roles? And if that was you, would you want someone to help you? And so um, I, I have to. I have to say that my biggest passion is is just helping people. If mm. you know, if you if the if everyone picked five people just to help, like just specifically said five people, I, I feel like our world would be different. Um, it would be in a better space. If we were like accountable, to like five people, like, and I just threw that number out there, but um, mm. the fact that that is just in me. All the time, everywhere I go, Detroit, Philly, Little Rock, I'm the same person everywhere I go. I want to help people. Um, I like when people say, hey, do you have change? And I say, nope, but I got bills. Mm-hmm. I like to, you know, <laughs> flip, flip the script on them <laughs> right quick. Love it. And uh, just, you know, I, I like to be different. I, I don't, I don't want to be the same person person that everybody else is out here you know get away from me ignore them mm-hmm. leave me alone nope i don't i don't want to be that that's that's what i wasn't taught to be so i'm still walking in how i was raised um so like helping people and, and then like sharing my story um you know now that i'm not a, a school teacher in the classroom i have a lot of extra words <laughs> mm-hmm. that uh <laughs> <laughs> that um, <laughs> kind of you know are just sitting there. So you know when I'm when I'm traveling and I'm or you know if I meet people, um, I like to share my life. You know I'm I'm passionate about the things that have happened in my life and how um, and how I've adjusted and how I've, I've pivoted and how I've um, spoke things into existence. Like I just want I want to give people hope, man. I know people people didn't have my mom and dad, <laughs> you know. And not not to say that they were the best parents, but they were my parents. And the things that they taught me are are the way that I am, the reason why I am who I am now. You know, plus Detroit, plus this mm-hmm. school, plus those kids, plus that kid, plus this racist situation, plus this non, you know, just all yeah. these different things have happened to me and and have made me be okay with who I am. And, uh, and at the end of it, you know, I just want, you know, people to be okay. I want people to know that, uh, you know, there are rainy days, but the rainbow is coming, Hmm. you know, um, you got to just get through it. You got to grind it out, whatever it is. My personal passion, if I had to identify one specific thing outside of the work that I do, it's really travel and building and understanding personally of different cultures and different people around the world. Um, we've been really lucky, you know, you've been a part of this too, to be able to visit all sorts of places in the U S you know, everywhere from Alabama to Salt Lake city, to Seattle, to Houston, Texas, to Detroit, to New York city, to Florida, you know, we've, we've covered that whole range and, there are some, even in the U.S., some really powerful things that you learn about the 
sameness of, of, of us all, you know, ultimately we're all looking for some of the same things. Right. And I think this is, it's that perspective is really poignant in this moment. And I know it's something that you share. Um, we're ultimately all trying to just build a good life for ourselves. But at the same time, there are also really beautiful differences between us all and our stories and our backgrounds and our narrative. I, as a life mission, really want to focus on bringing people at large closer together through education, through community work, um, by showing them the, the, the importance of the balance between those two things, the, the beauty in our difference and the, the power in our sameness. Learn First podcast is produced by our very own Nick Monzi and Sumner Becker with additional production assistance from Caitlin Woodward. Sumner Becker also does our engineering, editing, and music. The Learn First podcast is part of the Side Audio Network, an audio community founded by Jeremiah Ote and Naranjan Kumar. Shout out to Jeremiah of the Learn First family. <laughs> the Side Audio Network hosts podcasts that aim to transfer trust between people and communities through storytelling and conversation. 